good. We just welcome you to the class this morning. Uh, we are continuing on with The Force of Joy. It's a study by Pastor J.B. Whitfield, and uh, we're going to be watching session two this morning. And he's we watched it, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was actually out of town, but I think Nicole hosted that. And then uh, last week we kind of gave a testimony. But let's jump right in. He's going to, right at the beginning, he's going to remind you of a couple of things that are very important. And I think that you'll really enjoy this. So let's go ahead and start session two. Again, everybody. In session two, Pastor Whitfield examines the true benefits of the force of joy. A really good memory scripture for this session is Psalm 1611. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Here now is Pastor Whitfield in session two of the force of joy, the wanting nothing person. I want you to know what a joy it is for me to be with you. And I want to remind you that the force of joy will always bring you victory regardless of what's going on in your life. I want to remind you joy is not a feeling, it's a choice. It's a choice that you and I make every day to walk in the joy of the Lord. I can tell you right now, there are a couple of scriptures that I want to talk to you about. That, I, that are going to help you become what I think is one of the most exciting things in the Word of God, and that is a complete, entire, wanting, nothing person. These are probably two of my most favorite scriptures in the whole Word of God. One of them is found in the book of Nehemiah. You know, Nehemiah had a dream and had a vision, and he, he had a heart for, uh, for Jerusalem and for what was going on. And, uh, and the Lord had given him instruction to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah did not know how he was going to accomplish it. He didn't know what it was going to bring and what he was going to face, but he knew God had given him a vision. He knew God had told him what to do. He knew God had given him instructions to go back on behalf of his people. See, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not just about you walking in the joy of the Lord. It's not just about you walking in victory, but it's about you walking in victory for those around you, for this lost and dying world. We have to understand that what we do with the Word of God that has been given to us has an impact, and what we do with the vision God has given us has an impact on those around us and on our community, on our fellow citizens, and on those that we come in contact with. And Nehemiah knew God had given him a vision to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So he left and he, he went with, a, with, with leaders and he went with people to go and to rebuild the walls. And after they got there, they faced one battle after another. Sanballat came against them. You know, Tobiah the Ammonite came against them. And then they had divisions amongst them on the inside. They had battles on the outside. They had battles on the inside. But yet, because they had a vision, they got the job done. Once they got the walls built, they began to read the Word. And as they began to read the Word, they came across a scripture 
that I'm going to just tell you right now, set Nehemiah and the people free, but it also has set me free all of these years. That scripture is found in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. And it says that go to your homes, go and, 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 and enjoy yourselves. And remember this, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the, and, and the word strength there means this. It means a safe or fortified place, a place of defense or protection. So in other words, the force of joy is a safe place. When you walk in joy, regardless of what's going on around you in your life, and if you walk in joy in your family, you walk in joy in the workplace, regardless of what's taking place, then that's a place of safety for you. And not only that, it's a fortified place, a place of defense, glory to God, a place that the enemy cannot tear down and cannot bring defeat. He said, it's a place of victory, if you will. And so how, how do you get this kind of joy, the joy of the Lord? Well, Psalms tells us that in thy presence, in Psalm 16, it says, in thy presence is the fullness of joy. So in other words, in the presence of the Lord, in the pres presence of his word, glory to God. Why? Because his word is him. If you will, the Bible says that the, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it talked about Jesus and Jesus being the word. So in other words, when we study the word of God and we get an understanding of his word, then we will be surrounded by his presence. The Bible also says that we enter his presence with thanksgiving. Glory to God. Thanksgiving, a shout of thanks unto God, rejoicing and praising before him. Thanksgiving means to also to lift our hands in praise and worship unto God. So in other words, when we give thanks unto God and we praise him and magnify his name, then the Bible says we enter, we enter, we move from where we are and we enter into his presence. And when we enter into his presence, glory to God, then we enter into that place of the fullness of joy. And when we do, we enter a fortified place. Glory to God. Another scripture that has set me free, another scripture, I tell often people say, well, what's your most favorite scripture in the Bible? I'll use that one. But then the other one is James chapter two, verse one. And it says, Count it all joy, brethren, sister in two, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials and temptations, knowing this. See, when you know what I'm about to tell you, no matter what comes against you spiritually, emotionally, physically, or financially, when you know what I'm about to tell you, then you'll be able to count it all joy. Now, the word count there means to, to consider it joy, to reckon it joy. Let's balance this situation out. Reckoning is a, is a um, counting term that we're going, to, we're going to balance the books, if you will. So let's balance this attack that the enemy is bringing against us. Let's balance it out with the word, but let's balance it out by counting it joy. 
by choosing joy rather than choosing discouragement, by choosing joy rather than uh, uh, by choosing uh, an emotional um, breakdown in our own heart and in our own life, if you will, because we're worried and we're fretting and we're anxious and, and we don't know what we're going to do. He said, no, don't do that. He said, reckon it joy, choose joy. The way I look at it is this. You got one problem, then you reckon it with one joy. You got two problems, then you reckon it with two joys. Hallelujah. But he said, reckon, count it, um, consider it joy. When you fall into divers trials and temptations, knowing this, knowing what? That the trying of your faith worketh patience. The trying of your faith worketh endurance. The trying of your faith worketh um, uh, patience in your life, steadfastness. The trying of your faith worketh steadfastness and endurance. So it's the trying of your faith. See, the enemy is not after you. He's not after your finances. He's not after your marriage. He's not after your children. What the enemy is after is your faith. Because the Bible says, without faith, you cannot please God. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. So in other words, when we count it all joy, we reckon it all joy because we know that the enemy's not after, he's not after my physical body. He's not after my finances. He really doesn't care if my marriage is destroyed or not. He's not after my marriage. What he's after is my faith. Because if he can get my faith, then he can stop me from going further in God and from pleasing God. So James knew it. James said, count it all joy when you fall into divers trials and temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, worketh steadfastness, worketh endurance. Then he says, but let patience have her perfect work so that you will become, <laughs> so that the word become means to, to generate. The word become means to come into existence. The word become means uh, a regeneration, if you will, so that you will become a complete, entire, wanting nothing person. Now, I'm telling you right now, that is a powerful type of person in this earth today. A complete, entire, wanting nothing person is a person that walks in the force of joy, that has a fortified place for themselves and their family, that wrecks havoc on the enemy and brings victory to all they come in contact with. Glory to God. So I encourage you, enter into his presence and let the presence of the Lord bring fullness of joy in your life. And then let the joy of the Lord be your strength. And then whenever you're facing anything in your life, just count it joy. If you got one problem, one joy, two problem, two joy, three problem, three joy. And then watch what God does by bringing you out and stepping you into victory in Jesus' name. Let me pray with you and your family. Father, I lift up these right now that are watching, and I thank you that as they thank, give you thanksgiving, 
And as they praise and worship you, that your presence will surround them, Father, and they will enter into the fullness of your joy. And that strength will come and that no matter what happens, they will be able to reckon it all joy, knowing that they will become a complete, entire, wanting, nothing person. God bless you. I love you. And I'll see you next time. Serving here um, uh, has been really a joy, joy to me. Um, I come from a long line of servants. My grandmother, great-grandmother, mom, we've all uh, have served in our churches. And I've learned as a little girl what it means to serve. And I saw them serve with such joy and they were happy all the time. And so I just kind of grew up in that, in that arena. And over the past years and everything that I've ever done, you know, in corporate America, whatever, and event planning and, and cooking and all this good stuff, um, it has truly been because of how I was raised, raised in the church, loving the Lord, and then coming to the understanding in my own life what it means to serve the Lord and to serve Him with gladness and serve with joy and, and such peace. Um, I know that um, while serving here, uh, the, the, the pastors that I serve, they too have that joy. And I knew that by coming in covenant with this ministry, that this is where I needed to be. There, there, is a, there is a happiness, there's a completeness, um, because the Word does say the joy of the Lord is my strength, and that's where I get my strength, because it is truly the Word. I'm happy, I don't want anything, there's nothing missing, there's nothing broken. I mean, true, surely we have, you know, those, those things we go through, those trials, those, those circumstances just in everyday life that we go through, but what I have come to understand, I have somewhere to go. And that is to the Lord. And in that, in my prayer time, in my serving Him, in my wanting to please Him, everybody where I go to church with reaps the benefit of that. Because what's most importantly is, I may serve a great pastor or a group of ministers or a great congregation in what I do, but most importantly, it's who I serve and I serve God. And, and knowing whom I'm serving, and I take this very, very um, um, uh, seriously, because I want to be perfected in what I do for the Lord, you will sometimes see me get frustrated when it's not being that which I know it should be. It should be perfect, that's just Carolyn, that's what she does. But um, getting weary sometimes, yes, but I have somewhere to go. And I always go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, what's the hiccup? What's happening? Why am I weary? What, what's, what's frustrating me? And he always shows me where the details are. I always say in my profession, the devil's in the details. So as long as I got him smacked, you guys just reap the benefits of it. And you never see the weariness because I've already worked that out. You always see the joy. Amen. Um, you know, one of the biggest things I think that's important to look at there is that joy is literally a choice. Uh, it's not something uh, that we 
necessarily, it's not a feeling. It's not something that we feel, but joy is a choice. In other words, I can choose to be joyful in what most people consider the worst of circumstances. And uh, I think they mentioned in the last session that Jesus for the joy set before him, and he was talking about you, for the joy he went to the cross. That's a huge statement. He chose joy. He chose to put on joy and let that strengthen him to go all the way through the cross. Well, what could we do, you know, even as a church or as a people of God, what could we do if we chose to put on joy? Uh, it's, it's some huge stuff. So I wanted to read this to you. Um, it, this is the study guide for the for, force of joy. And uh, it says, read Nehemiah 8, uh, 1 through 12. And then, so let me just read that. This is in the Amplified. Then all the people gathered together as one man in the broad place before the water gate, and they asked Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. And Ezra the priest uh, brought the law before the assembly of both men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first of the seventh month. He read from it facing the broad place before the water gate from early morning until noon in the presence of the men and women and those who could understand and all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on the wooden pulpit which they had made for the purpose and beside him stood uh, Matthew uh, an M guy, an S guy, an A guy, U, H, N, another M guy on his right hand. And on his left hand, a P guy, M guy, M guy, H, H, Z, and M guy was there. Ezra opened the book in sight of all the people, for he was standing above them. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, amen, lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with faces to the ground. Just side note, uh, it was, it's biblical to lift your hands and worship. Amen. So, also, there was J guy, B guy, S guy, J guy, A guy, S, S guy, H guy, M, K, A, J, H, P, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law, and the people remained in their place. So they read from the book of the law of God distinctly, faithfully amplifying and given the sense so that the people understood the reading. In other words, these priests stood up and they helped them to understand what was being spoken. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and the scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all of them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Now, we're going to talk about this, but why were they weeping? Why were they weeping? I think it does, I can't say that it really says exactly why they were weeping, but I think, honestly, they were trying to be holy. <laughs> I think that they were trying to put on what they thought was right. And it, even if it wasn't that, I think the other uh, answer would be that they realized, I can't keep all that. We can't keep all of that law, you know. Uh, so I think it's probably a combination of the two, you know, and this is what we should do. And, and then he corrects them. 
he corrects them here and he says this. He says, Then Ezra told them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet drink, and send portions to him for, for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord, and be not grieved and depressed. Be not grieved and depressed, for the joy of the Lord is your strength and stronghold. Now, the other option is that they, I was, you know, back up here in uh, verse 4, it says that Ezra the scribe stood at a wooden pulpit that they had made for the purpose. You've got to remember, this is God's people. And even when they had the tent, right, even when they had the tent, they had some magnificent stuff in that tent. Here's just a, it looks like, now I'm sure they built it decent, but imagine a wooden pulpit versus maybe a golden one that they had had before, something like that. They're standing in this place. They don't have what they used to have. You know, they had, the Babylonians had come in there and wiped them out, and now they're standing back. They've rebuilt the walls, but they're standing in this place. It just doesn't look like what maybe they should have. You think maybe they were feeling sorry for themselves. Probably so. Probably probably going, well, everything that's happened to me and all this stuff. And, and his correction from Ezra right here is, hey, hey, pick yourselves up. Pick yourselves up. Put on joy. Don't be grieved. Don't be depressed. For the joy of the Lord is your strength and your stronghold. This is the place where you won't be shaken. Pick yourselves up. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy, and do not be grieved and sad. And the people went their way to eat, drink, send portions, and make great rejoicing, for they had understood the words that were declared to them. So how does this compare with our repentance today? You know, how does this, you know, our repentance today is to change course. Our repentance today is to put on the things of God. He says, rejoice evermore. This is a scripture in the New Testament. So at what point should a Christian be found without joy? Never. 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 In other words, we all, should not the world be able to walk up to a Christian and find joy on them always? Yeah. I mean, I mean, should they ever find them despairing or, or grieving? Should that ever occur? No. No. Should you, you know, in other words, what he's saying is it's not that stuff doesn't happen. It's just that I don't allow the feelings to run my life, that I take the joy of the Lord and I make a choice. Because when I choose that, there's something that happens in me. It becomes my strength. It becomes my stronghold. And it's a great witness to the world. So this is not, I mean, how, how many of us have ever been there? You know, you ever been there where you never, where you always had joy in your life? <laughs> yeah. Lying devil, come out. And <laughs> he said, yes. So, no, all of us have had, um, all of us have had that place where we've been beat up and we've let the world, we've let the devil get to us. I think what God's saying here is, look, there's a better way. You know, you can go that route, and that's kind of what he's saying. He's like, you can go the, the route of weeping, but look, that's not the way you want to go. You don't want to go the way of despair. You want to go the way of joy. So 
when we what do we need to do if we find ourselves in that place of grieving and despair what do we need to do we need to turn that thing around and we need to say i choose i make a choice it i mean it, we have to be intentional we have to purpose ourselves i choose joy and let me just tell you this do you know how many problems in your life that will solve you know why because the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, have you ever found somebody that really is standing? It doesn't mean that they do it all the time, but you found someone who's standing in real faith, and man, you can't sway them off. No, God's going to come through. And you can talk logic and reality to them, worldly logic, worldly reality to them, but they are set on the faith of God, and you can't move that person. That person is strong. That's the way it is when we choose joy. That's the way it is. This is the way that we are to be as Christians. But the world has taught us literally that it's okay to be moved by our feelings. I hear it all the time, all the time, that people say, I can't, I can't do that. I can't be happy in this situation or something like that. Um, I'm sorry, but you can because the Word tells you that you can. Choose joy. You know, uh, Paul says it in Acts 28. I think he talked about it in the last session. That be of good. They've been in a boat now for, it looks like, weeks, circling in this big hurricane. All hope was lost. And he says, be of good cheer. I'm surprised they didn't throw them over the boat right there. I mean, you know, it's like, be of good. Boy, come here. You know, <laughs> I, I'm surprised because when people are in that beat-up situation, uh, there's a thing of the flesh, the corrupted flesh, that says, I want to hold on to despair. Yep, yeah. And at some point, we've got to make a decision, I'm not holding on to that anymore. Right. Nehemiah makes a remarkable statement. He says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what does that strength mean? And he talked about it in there. Let me read you uh, the, the definition here. The strength means this, a safe place, a fortified place, a place of defense and of protection. Is that the place that you want to live? A, a safe place, a fortified place. This is what that word means in the Hebrew. A defense and a protection. Would you like to live in a place like that? And we're not just talking about like what the world sees as a defensive place or a protected place. We're talking about what God sees as a protected place. Isn't that a nice place to live? How do we get there? We have the strength of God that comes from choosing joy. Amen. Let's read uh, Psalm 16, 11. This is in the King James. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures evermore. So when we come humbly before the Lord, exalting him as David did in Psalm 16, what two things are available? They're available, and is this conditional? Let me just add this. Are they available you know, just every now and then, or are they available as we live in the presence of God? 
They're available. And if we know that eternal life is knowing God in John 17, 3, knowing God in his son Jesus, that knowing means intimacy, that when we have eternal life, when we accept Christ, we have access to intimacy with the Father. So if we are not operating in the presence of God, is it God that hasn't provided it, or is it us that hasn't made a choice to step into it? It's us. And when we get in the presence of God, two things that are always available to us is fullness of joy and pleasures of God. What a great, great promise. Let's look at James 1, 2 through 4 and the Amplified. It says this. It says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials or any sort of any sort or fall into various temptations. Consider it whole joy. That means every time that we come across something that's negative, right? I generally have, I don't know, anywhere from probably two or three to ten voicemails, messages per day that are negative, right? That somebody going through something, uh, or it could be a potential problem either for one of you or for Boomerang uh, or for us, you know, uh, just just yesterday, you know, just I know that everybody faced something, but just yesterday we wake up, car's doing fine. We just you know, we had to go out of town Friday night, get up Saturday morning. They go to uh, Nicole and Abigail getting ready to go somewhere, go out to crank the car, car doesn't crank, you know. It's like, wait a minute. It was just working, you know, and in that moment, what do you want to do? Throwing stuff, you know, you want to get, and and at that point, you've got to choose, okay, Lord's going to show me. Lord brought good wisdom, showed us what was wrong. It was awesome, you know. Uh, Chris had a word that helped out uh, when I he asked he asked uh, yesterday. He was with me yesterday morning, and he said, "Hey, what's going on with that?" And uh, he said something that that and by humbling myself, that word helped me to find what was wrong and not spend a whole bunch of extra money, you know. And that that's it. So in other words, the Lord is always working out stuff, but I can choose to either get upset over it or I can choose that no matter what I face, whatever temptation is there to drop faith, I can consider uh, God worthy of choosing joy on his behalf. Does that make sense? So consider it wholly joyful, my brother, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. There's no uh, conditions on that. It's just put on joy. Put on joy. This is God talking to the believer. Put on joy. Something negative comes your way. Put on joy. Put on joy. Put on joy. Why? Because it's my strength. It's my fortified place. That's the place where God can protect me. He doesn't say that you won't have persecutions, but he still calls you protected. Now, how can we have uh, persecutions and be protected? See, the strength of those persecutions cannot touch you when you're in the fortified place of God. And God said, here's how you get into that place. Put on joy. Amen. Be assured, verse 3, be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience but let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work 
so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects lacking in nothing. I think a, a big part of the problem in the world, it shouldn't be in us, and this is what we're growing into. It does, you know, everybody's got different levels that they're growing, but I think a big problem with the world is that they, they want to draw you into the place where you just are just moving through life. You don't have purpose, you don't have vision, and so you just, it, what ends up, the result of that is stuff just happens to you and you just are either the recipient of good stuff or bad stuff. And so all of a sudden you feel like you're not in control, uh, you, you say God's in control, but we don't really necessarily believe it, and then, you know, we're just, either we had a lucky life or a bad luck life, you know? And that's why the devil, what's the devil after in that moment? Your joy. And so a lot of times what we'll do is we don't recognize what it says there in verse 2 and 3, or 3 and 4. It says that we are to be developing. See, I need to have vision, and we need to have vision that we are developing ourselves. So that when, I remember Creflo talking about it one time. He said, when trials come up to me, he said, used to, I'd get so mad because trials would come up. He said, but now what I see is I see that it's, a, it, it's like me going to the gym. If I'm going to the gym and I'm lifting weights, you know, and I'm, I'm doing all these exercises, my muscles build. He said, I got spiritual muscles, and every time a trial comes, I don't get beat up by it. I don't get... I don't get knocked down by it. I just simply go, man, I'm about to build some muscle here. This is exactly what this verse. And if you have given yourself to the vision of developing and growing in God, you stop seeing the negative as bad, knowing that God's always leading you to triumph anyway. And you just say, man, negative comes up. I've already got triumph in this thing. Praise God. And then, and then you just start working out those spiritual muscles. And here's what you happens you move into the place of joy god can protect you and in the middle of that you're just working out those muscles growing and developing in him the opposite of that is to just let life happen to you all of a sudden you don't put on joy you beat all to pieces all the time you stay uh, like a weakling as a christian you can't help nobody and you sure can't help yourself now which one's better Man, I won't put on joy. Amen? Don't you? In this scripture, God provides us with a knockout counterpunch upon the schemes of the enemy. How is it that by counting trials as joy actually makes us complete and wanting nothing? Well, we just talked about that. It, when we actually consider those trials and we put on joy in the middle of them, we actually beat the devil at his own game. Say, so you tried to pull something. And see, eventually I heard Jesse DePlanis say this last week. He said, you get to the point where you start becoming too expensive for the devil to mess with, right? It cost him too much when he messed with you because you make him pay for the stuff that he's bringing up. Now, he's still going to try, and he's going to bring it different ways, but he just can't do with you what he's been able to do with so many people or even yourself for so long in your life. Would you like to become such a person of God that it really becomes too expensive for the devil to mess with you? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, he... The verse, uh, we, we were talking about this some, but um, the verse says that if the thief is found out, he must repay seven times. Oh, man. 
When I got that in my head, I started realizing, thinking, how many things has the devil stole from me? Ooh, I, got, I can put my faith on that and believe God. All of a sudden, he stopped trying to steal stuff from me. You know why? It, it, at least it went down, and he tried to do it indirectly so I wouldn't connect the dots. Because if I connect the dots, I'm going to hold him accountable as the thief that he is. He's got to repay seven times. Praise God. Well, you start getting a hold of this, and all of a sudden, it's like even if the devil does steal from me, you go, that just means he's got to pay me seven times what he stole. Man, I just increased. Hallelujah. You know, this is the kind of stuff that joy can do in your life. Do you think the enemy knows that he's helping us to be perfected when trials come, and we stand and say, it is written? And then we quote James. Do you think he knows well, I think he knows that in most people, they're not going to do that. Wouldn't you agree? But, see, here's what he does. When you start doing it that way, he can't attack you that way. In other words, you block the whole uh, flank uh, in defense. There's a defense that you have put up by responding the way that God wants you to respond. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lord, we just praise you and we thank you for your joy. Lord, thank you that joy is available to us. We thank you. We give you the glory, Father. Joy, rise up in Jesus' name. Joy, rise up. Father, just let us be strengthened. Let us be fortified in you. Lord, thank you for the ability. Thank you for the ability to choose joy. Not be beat up and knocked around by feelings. Not be beat up and knocked around by trials. But Lord, you've given us the ability to step right out of that trial. To step into the place of your strength, of your fortifying, of your protection. Simply, Lord, by choosing joy. In Jesus' name, we choose it. And we love you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us.